Hi, I'm Chris Buskirk. He is Seth Leibson. This is the Seth and Chris Show. However, Seth out today, tending to uh, some other business today. He'll be back, I think, tomorrow. Uh, wishing him well, of course. But uh, guess what? The show goes on. we got a lot going on. Is everybody happy? The IRS is back to work. Does that make everybody a little bit happier than they were over the weekend? I know there were a lot of tears being shed. Uh, family, friends, strangers alike gathering together for the midnight vigils, hoping, praying that please, please, just could the IRS get back to work on Monday morning. I know a lot of people really were de- were looking forward to that. Yeah, there was the government shutdown, in quotes, government shutdown. Did anybody notice a difference? I didn't. I was talking with some friends yesterday about that. Uh, you know, people, it's, uh, it's a little funny when people are standing around talking about uh, the government shutdown, but nothing, nothing's changed. Nobody's lives have changed any, nothing, nothing that goes on from day to day. People still, uh, people are still with their families. Yesterday was Sunday, people still going to church, going out to eat, uh, maybe having some uh, family time at home, watching a little Netflix, whatever people do on Sundays still happened yesterday during, in the midst of the great government shutdown of January 2018. Tells you a little something, doesn't it? Tells you a little something that maybe all of these, uh, maybe all of these bureaucrats, all of these government employees, all of these departments and agencies and commissions, maybe just maybe they are not essential to our lives. Maybe I'm just putting it out there for y'all. Maybe you know it's hard to say. Maybe I'm all wet on this, but maybe we don't need these millions of uh, federal government employees doing whatever it is they do in those enormous buildings in Washington and all over the country, maybe it's a little bloated. Maybe the American people, maybe people everywhere, by the way, not just American people, maybe people know how to run their own lives. And it doesn't uh, It doesn't take a, uh, I was going to say, it doesn't take a small army. Actually, in this case, it would be a large army of federal employees and bureaucrats. It doesn't take all that just to, uh, to make sure that things go on as usual. Uh, you know what? If you're a football fan, the fo- there were two football games yesterday. They played. No problem. No problem. Planes weren't falling out of the sky. Uh, dogs and cats were not, in fact, living together. No. In fact, American life went on just as it always has, just as it normally would. And I would venture to say if the government shutdown went on, uh, a little, let's say, a little or a lot longer, I would say, if anything, life might get better with the federal government out of people's Business, but no, the our, our statesmen, the, the statesmen we have in Washington, they've gotten uh, they've gotten together. I'm so happy, so happy. I'm laying it on thick here. Now I'm so pleased they've gotten it back together. Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, they got into a room together today. They hashed out a deal to reopen the federal government for three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, Senate. Uh, here's how it's being reported: Senate Democrats caved on the Schumer shutdown on Monday and agreed to a three-week spending bill that will fund the government until February 8th. Shortly before the cloture vote, Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat of West Virginia, told reporters that leaving the Democratic meeting, the three-week CR, continuing resolution, might even get 70 votes. In the end, the uh, Senate approved the motion to invoke cloture and end debate 81 to 18, featuring overwhelming bipartisan support. You know what happened? You know what happened? This is very, very simple. Democrats thought that they had a winning hand, and they lost. And they lost. Senator Chuck Schumer and the Democrats blinked. They lost because they are dealing with a whole new Republican Party because of the president. 
what would Mitch McConnell and, and Paul Ryan have done uh, with it with say uh, a Jeb Bush in there? They would have well, they, we never would have gotten this far. They would have done a huge, uh, they would have done a huge immigration amnesty and let Chuck Schumer, the minority leader, govern the Senate, which they do to some extent now. Anyway, but uh, they, but this is a uh, this is a completely different uh, tone and tenor that's being set by the president. The uh, the Democrats thought that they were going to be able to uh, going to be able to uh, in, win the PR battle with this uh, with this shutdown, and they just couldn't do it because everybody saw that the president was there trying to uh, deal with them. That the Republican House had passed a continuing resolution, a spending bill. The Senate was willing to. There were enough Republican votes to do it, uh, but the Democrats would not uh, invoke cloture, which is to say they need sixty votes. Uh, to invoke cloture, which ends debate, and then only after that do you need a, 50, a, a simple majority, a 51-vote majority. This is how minorities can govern the Senate. If you can get 40, uh, if you can get 40 senators to say no to something, then you can't invoke cloture, and debate just goes on. It means you can never come to a final vote. Uh, this is how we have lost minor, uh, majority rule in the Senate, which, by the way, is the constitutional system. Look, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put down a marker here. Okay, wait until and I hope this is a very long time, but wait until the Democrats control the Senate again. And as I say, I hope that this it is a very long time from now when they when the Democrats control the Senate again and there is a piece of legislation that they think is very important, they will change the Senate rules and get rid of and get rid of the supermajority. It's not something that's in the Constitution. It never was. This is an invention of the Senate. It's just in their rules. Weirdly, the Senate rules can be changed by a simple majority. So you can, with a, with a vote of 51 senators, you could get rid of the 60-vote requirement. That's how, that, this is how well the U.S. Senate works. This is the logic that they use in the U.S. Senate. But here's what will happen. And it may be, it, you know, it could be 2019. I certainly hope not. I don't think it will be. But at some point, when the Democrats control the United States Senate again and they want to get something through, and Republicans are invo- are are, uh, are using this rule against Democrats, the Democrats will simply hold a f- hold a vote. They will get 51 Democrats to change the rules and get rid of the cloture vote that requires 60 votes. This is why Mitch McConnell should do it now. He should have done it in January. Okay. He should have done it in January. Donald Trump was tweeting about it over the weekend, saying that saying that the Senate should change the rules now. Yeah, well, no kidding, no kidding. But they should have done it a long time ago. They should have done it uh, a year ago, last January, and they didn't do it. And they're going to come to regret it. I think. I think they will come to regret it. They should, well, my my the reason I say I think isn't because I think that it will be regrettable. I just wonder if uh, Republican senators have enough moral uh, insight or practical wisdom to actually regret something that is regrettable in that way. So, but yeah, the uh, this is what's happened. So we have a three-week spending bill. So the federal government going, quote unquote, going back to work. Look, most of the federal government was open. Military was open. Uh, the agencies were open. Most everything was open. This was, uh, this was basically a, uh, the, the, the so-called shutdown doesn't shut down a whole, a whole lot. It, uh, it gets rid of uh, or it has pe- some so-called non-essential employees uh, stay home. Again, I'm going to go back to the same old question. If they're non-es- non-essential, why do we have them in the first place? 
But uh, but here's the way it's being reported. One Senate Democrat told reporters the CR is good to go. It passed. It passed 81 to 18. The House has not voted on it yet, but they will. So it's uh, it's all over but the shouting. But again, this is just a three-week this is basically a, a three-week stopgap. So now what? Well, basically, this was a, a more or less clean bill just to get over, to, just to create a window of time up to February eighth for a larger negotiation uh, to take place. This is dysfunctional government, at best. At best, it is dysfunctional government. The, the United, the, look, the House passed a spending bill. The Senate couldn't get their act together to do it because why? Because the Democrats want everything to be about amnesty for illegal aliens. That's it. So they're willing to shut down the government over amnesty for illegal aliens. And we know this. How do we know it? Because they said it, right? This is, I mean, if you just watch what happened, of course, you know that this is, uh, this is, uh, this is their position. But they're explicit about it. Dick Durbin is out talking about it being ex- and explicitly saying, look, this is, we think this is, he, he thinks that amnesty for illegals is in his words, the civil rights issue of our day. And in some sense, I agree. I agree. But the civil rights that are being violated are those of the United States citizens, right? Part of being a citizen means that you have rights and prerogatives that are unique to you as a citizen. One of those uh, rights and prerogatives and expectations is that the law will be applied equally to everyone, impartially, equally and impartially, the law will be applied to everyone, not that there will be special deals, not that there will be special carve-outs for certain groups of people. And uh, so when you talk about this being a civil rights issue, I agree. And American citizens uh, are the ones who are having their rights abused and have been having their rights abused by the open borders lobbies of both parties for a very, very long time. But Democrats clearly think that they have a winner in this. They want to run on this in 2018. They think they can gin up their base on amnesty. Maybe they can. That may be true. But I think that they figured something out over the weekend, maybe, but that this is not a, that this is not as powerful or as potent a political totem as they have been led to believe by their own activist base. And I think that maybe is why they came to the table again. That's uh, that's one way. That's uh, that's one way I'm thinking about it. You know, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little early to know everything because we don't have all the facts out about uh, about what this, what's about this just yet. But we're going to go to a quick break. And then when we come back, we will, uh, we'll get into some of the details on this and see what it means for our politics. I'll be right back. I'm Chris Buskirk. I am Chris Buskirk. Welcome back to the Seth and Chris show. The uh, it's funny. I mean, you just the, this whole shutdown thing is uh, is really has been a farce. The shutdown that wasn't, uh, and now Chuck Schumer, who to, look, he caved, and uh, I think it's a political win for the president. I think it's a political win for uh, Republicans. That's a good thing. It, but the the issues are still unresolved. Right, the core issues are still unresolved. I mean, number one, why don't we just why don't we just roll back? Why are we funding the government with continuing resolutions and not with a budget? I, I've I've got to look this up, but I, I've got to look at how many years it has been since the federal government has actually used the normal budget process, the process that Paul Ryan, when he became Speaker of the House, promised that he would use. He'd restore regular order and fund the government uh, with a, with a budget. We don't do it. 
we haven't done it. It means that we don't get the sort of hearings on the budget that uh, that we as citizens are entitled to. It means that uh, we are subjected to the, to this sort of uh, rule by crisis, and that isn't right. So there's that. There's also the fact uh, the underlying issue here is that Democrats want to use the budget, the funding of the government, as a way to get a massive amnesty for illegal aliens in this country. That is their number one goal. Why? Why is this so important to Democrats? Well, because they want to they want to populate this country with a welfare state dependent underclass that will vote democrat will be reliably democrat that will be tied to and dependent upon democrats and the machinery of the state that's what this is all about this is all about the long term prosperity and success of the democrat party by importing future democrat voters that's it. It's as simple as that. Anything else that a Democrat tells you is a smokescreen. Why do pe- why do Republicans like Jeff Flake, John McCain, Lindsey Graham, Cory Gardner, some of the others, why why do they do it? Foolishness. Foolishness. Because they do not care about the American people. They just don't. If they did, they would they would take a uh, they would take a position on immigration that has a high view of American citizens, citizenship, that believes in borders, that believes in citizenship, that believes that the American people get to decide who are future American citizens. They don't get to sneak in and they get a special deal cut for you. Meanwhile, Chuck Schumer, <laughs> he's in trouble with his own base. Liberals live it after deal to end shutdown. Activist groups were angry at how the negotiations turned out, with some, with some calling it the Schumer sellout. That's the newest hashtag uh, that is trending on Twitter. It says, liberal activists are furious with Democratic senators after most of them agreed to reopen the federal government without a firm plan to shielding young illegal immigrants from deportation. As the third day of the shutdown dawned, boy, melodramatic much? This is from Politico. Melodramatic much, Politico? As the third day of the shutdown dawned. How did we? I'm surprised we were able to make it through the night. Liberal advocates and immigration groups fired off a joint statement blasting as unacceptable Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's offer to merely hold a vote on immigration with no promises for action from the White, from the House or the White House in exchange for Democratic votes to reopen the government. But three hours later, Democratic senators agreed to just those terms, sparking anger on the left. So the deal was this. The deal with McConnell with McConnell was this, and this is what the Democrats agreed to. They'll, they would agree to allow a vote to, re, to uh, pass a short-term continuing resolution, a spending bill, that would, that would fund the government through February 8th in exchange – well, number one, it would give time to have additional negotiations – uh, on an issue that Democrats want. What's the issue? Amnesty. Amnesty. What is, what is the issue that is important to Republicans? Getting the continuing resolution through. Now, there is no reason that this has to be tied to the spending bill. It makes no sense. In fact, my view is that it should be a standalone bill. But if the uh, Republicans and Democrats want to uh, want want to talk about these at the same time, fine. But it sure makes funding the government a whole lot more difficult. It makes the budget process much more difficult by tying something that has nothing to do with the budget to the budget. Why is, am- why is an amnesty, why is that tied to the budget process? That should be a standalone bill. There should be full hearings. There should be full debate 
uh, on this. The proposals should circulate. People should have time to look at them. And I don't, and I don't just mean uh, representatives and senators. I mean citizens. Citizens should have time to weigh in on all of these things. This is as vital as anything, more vital than almost anything else, to the future of the republic, which is who is it that's going to be a citizen? Who is it who's going to be a citizen of this country? How are we going to and are we going to actually enforce our laws? But Democrats see a way that they can try and uh, get one of their priorities through, which is an amnesty. And so they are tying it to – they're forcing McConnell to tie it to uh, the spending bill. Again, does he have to? Under the current rules – Basically, he he has to because they because the Dem, because the Democrats have the forty votes more than forty votes they have forty eight votes that they can use to ensure that majority rule does not apply in the United States Senate. Now, could as I was saying earlier, could McConnell change that rule and just go to a, a simple majority rule in the in the Senate like they have in the House and like the Constitution uh, calls for, like the framers uh, like the like what the framers envisioned? Yes, of course he could, uh, but he won't. Uh, and he hasn't. That said, that said, so the exchange was this three-week spending bill uh, to give more time to work on something uh, on DACA. And if they, if at the end of three weeks, then they have kind of agreed that they would fund that they would pass a spent that they would pass a broader spending bill, and McConnell would hold a straight up or down vote on a on a separate standalone DACA bill. That sounds okay to me. Right. Let's pull it out and then hold and then create a bill, a create a DACA bill, uh, and uh, or maybe it's just a broader immigration bill, like the Goodlatte bill in the House. We'll talk about the Goodlatte bill in a few minutes. We talked about it a bit yesterday. This is the template for what Republicans need to hold the line on. This is good policy for this country. Uh, you know, look, it's not just the politics of it. We always talk, we like to talk, and not just us, but you know, in the media, people like to talk about what the politics of a situation are. How do, what are the optics? What are, what's, the, what's the political battle look like? What does the PR battle look like? Well, guess what? Policy matters. Good, the Goodlatte bill is good policy. It's good for the country, and it's got to be what, the, what Republicans absolutely demand. Period. End of story. This is the compromise bill. They want a compromise bill? This is it. Because there is no reason that, uh, th- there is no reason that amnesty should be on the table at all. But – if Democrats, if it's that important to them to get amnesty, to get an amnesty through, okay, an amnesty for the uh, for the DACA recipients, which you know originally were put at eight hundred thousand. Some people are now saying it's three million. We need to we need to look at that too. This is why you want hearings on these bills, uh, separate he- hearings, so that it's we don't have a Pelosi situation where you have to read the bill to find you have, you have to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. No. So anyway, uh, but the. Um, the bill that is uh, the Goodlatte bill is the one that is the standard for Republicans. And Mitch McConnell has said, "Okay, look, we're going to fund the government for three weeks. If we can do something in that three weeks, great. If not, then uh, I'll have a vote up or down on a on a separate immigration bill, which should be the Republican uh, basis for that bill. Should be the Goodlatte bill. It's a good compromise bill. It's good for everybody. We talked about it uh, last week a bit. I'll talk about it a bit more after this. But in the meantime, Chuck Schumer, he's not making any friends with his liberal, progressive, hard-left activist base. I'll tell you why on the way back. 
Hey, welcome back to the Seth and Chris Show. I am Chris Buskirk, and if it's 3.30, that means it's John Dombrowski in Grand Canyon Planning. John, how are you? Happy hey, Monday. Hey, how's it going, Chris? Doing well, going well. Hey, are you are you going to be able to get to sleep tonight But now that uh, the government sh- shutdown of, the great government shutdown of 2018 is, is coming over? to a close? When was, the government was shut yeah, down? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Funny how uh, life just went on, didn't it? Uh Yes. No, no change here. It's yeah, like no, I think no people are here. happy. People are happy. The go- oh, hey, the government can't do anything else to harm us. They can Great. leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did uh, I, I guess it did have some uh, short-term impact on the stock market today. What what happened there? Yeah, I mean, market's a little fickled, obviously, but overall, I mean, it was still um, had a light opening today. Market was up a little bit today, but. You know, obviously, throughout the day, watching, seeing what's going to happen. And, of course, uh, the Senate did come to some type of an agreement and going to pass it over to the House. Wouldn't it be funny now if the House didn't, have, didn't it approve would, it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, you would hear me laughing from my house. <laughs> After all that. No, I'm sure the House will. Uh, but as soon as the news did come through, uh, stocks did rally on that news. However, I would say this, Chris. We do have corporate earnings, which uh, are coming out right now. And uh, an example, Netflix reported after the bell today, uh, and they were up over 8% in extended trading. Uh, They came out with some wonderful earnings. They uh, add additional subscribers, uh, 1.98 million, I'm sorry, domestic subscribers. uh, And that was way above the expectation. They they added almost 2 million new subscribers, net new subscribers. Wow. And that's just uh, domestically here. And they also were only expecting 1.29 million people. So they blew the numbers out there. So... Uh, and the nice thing is, I didn't boy, know there were that many people who didn't have have Netflix already. Didn't already have it, yeah. yeah. Apparently, so and they they exceeded a market cap uh, of a hundred billion dollars now as a company. Amazing. So that is probably really as we're starting to see companies come out. Uh, you're seeing the earnings. TD Ameritrade was up today. Adobe announced uh, a number of others announced today. Good. Good earnings and uh, looking forward uh, to the future earnings as well. So these all bode well for the market, and it also brings the rest of uh, the stock market up as well. John, do the fundamentals look good going forward for for corporate earnings? I mean, earnings really are that's that's the that's the mother's milk of the stock market. That's the driver. They they make more. Of stock course. companies make more money, stocks should go up in price. Well, that that's exactly right. The more they make, then the higher their uh, multiples uh, would be, and um, or actually the lower the multiples would be. So, in order to get those multiples up, they you know the stock price rises because people want to buy them and the supply and demand. That's what ultimately drives the price of the shares. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think the fundamentals are are looking good right now. I don't think that we're uh, overpriced at this point. Uh, is there going to be some volatility? Sure, there's going to be volatility. We can't continually just have this rise that we've been seeing for the past uh, couple of years. But I do believe that uh, the momentum is still there. And um, for individuals out there who feel like they've missed something, well, I'm not saying that uh, you didn't miss something, but it's probably not too late to take advantage of some of the momentum that's still occurring. And of course, the the big thing is, and you say it all the time. It depends what your time horizon is, yes. right? Your people should be investing, you know, with a long term time horizon. Uh, exactly. If, if you need the money tomorrow, maybe stocks isn't for you. Exactly, and also if you know if the market is uh, at the peak that it's at right now, and and may still have some room to go, uh, you don't necessarily have to jump all in at once. You can put your toe in the water, as it would be, in case the test the water's temperature, and little by little dip that foot in a little bit more and more until you're all the way in. And that'll give you an opportunity to dollar cost average into this market. 
John, did you see um, there was a there was a report out earlier this morning? There was about uh, these two uh, state representatives in California who have uh, they, they they have this bill in the state legislature over there where they want to basically try and undo the um, the, the Trump uh, tax reform bill and recapture and recapture the corporate income tax savings Just, savings right. for 50%, California up to fifty percent of it. I think yeah, it was right. right? Yeah, I, I did see that. I was like, are you kidding? So if you and it's only for businesses that make a million dollars or more, which is not that difficult for companies probably in California. Right. That's a, those are look, that's a lot of small <laughs> that's businesses. The mom and pops that out is a there, lot right? of small businesses. Of that course. That. That's which I'm, it's insane. I can't believe that. It's I, just amazing what it tells you about Democrats, though. They cannot stand to see people with the fruit of their own labor. I just wonder what's going to happen when these business owners really realize, you know, who they're backing in California. Well, it's, maybe it they'll just come doesn't here. make sense. Maybe they're not backing them, really. It's just the people out there in their marches that are going on around the country. Yeah, that could be. Anyway. <laughs> Got to run. Have right, a see you tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah, securities and advisory services offered through Client One Securities LLC, a member of Fenrir and Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks, Chris. Talk tomorrow. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I am Chris Buskirk. Welcome back to the Seth and Chris Show. Hey, I want to remind everybody, we've talked about it just a, a little bit, but uh, but I want to let you all know now uh, that the No Safe Spaces event is coming up. You know what that is? We Remember what that is? You want to know, that's for sure. This is uh, the movie that Dennis Prager is making with Adam Carolla. And uh, we've got a special event coming up for it here in town. Dennis will be here. Adam Carolla will be here. Seth and I will be out there. It uh, it takes place uh, at Grand Canyon University on February 27th. It uh, But today and tomorrow, okay, if you are a Patriot Insider, just bear hear me out. Today and tomorrow, the Patriot Insiders can get a, a special deal on advanced ticket purchases. Go on our website. It's 960thepatriot.com. And uh, the tickets do not go on sale to the general public until Wednesday. But for Patriot Insiders, not only can you buy tickets, get better seating, get better deals today and tomorrow, you can also uh, get take advantage of some special offers. This is something I think that you really want to um, – this is something I think you really want to be a part of. Dennis is great. You guys know you guys know Dennis. He's been on the station for years and years. Uh, some of you know Adam Carolla by reputation, or maybe you've listened to his show or seen him on television. He's fantastic. And uh, the No Safe Spaces movie, uh, we had Dennis on a couple months ago about the movie when he was just get, kicking it off. It's, uh, it's an important movie. It's about uh, the danger to free speech in our society in general, but particularly on the college campuses. The college campuses have uh, historically been incubators, hothouses, if you will, for social, political trends in this country and, at the, and, and in the West in general. So what, in other words, what happens there, what happens on college campuses today is what you'll see in the general, in, out in general circulation in society 20 years down the road. And uh, I don't think any of us want to live in a society that has as so as little respect for free speech as exists on the average American college campus today. So again, uh, February 27th, go on the website, 960thepatriot.com, and you can click, uh, there's a banner ad at the top, you can just click on that, and you can see all of the uh, all the deals on the no sa- for the No Safe Spaces event. Uh, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, in the meantime, the uh, the shutdown that wasn't, the Schumer shutdown, gosh, you could barely, uh, there was barely enough time to re- even get the Schumer shutdown 
to roll off your tongue. And uh, now it's the Schumer sellout. At least that's what the, that's what the progressive left is saying. It says here, this is a story from Politico that cited liberals livid after deal to end shutdown. Millions of people flooded the, flooded the streets of every American city to stand up to Trump this weekend. Really? That's what uh, Leah Greenberg tweeted. She is, it says, uh, she's the co-executive director of the influential activist network Indivisible. I don't know, where were those millions of people? Maybe they were. Uh, I know they're not talking about the March for Life, which took place on Friday. Uh, There were a lot of people out there at the March for Life that took place in D.C., and then there were marches for life all over the country over the weekend. We had ours here in town over the weekend. I guarantee you they're not talking about that. Leah Greenberg continues. She says, your constituents want you to fight. How can you possibly not understand that? And what what do they want to fight for? They want to fight for amnesty for illegal aliens. They want to fight for a special deal for certain for non-citizens who, so that they don't have to obey the law that everybody else has to obey. Special, a special carve-out deal. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer on Monday argued, Demo- uh, on Monday argued Democrats secured critical assurance for DREAMers who are at risk for deportation as soon as March, after President Donald Trump's decision to end the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. He says, we have to wait. This is Schumer. Schumer, He says, we have a way to address the fate of the Dreamers starting right now instead of waiting until March. But activist groups that have provided his caucus crucial firepower during fights against GOP health care and tax bills were not buying the explanation. Murshed Zahid, political director of the liberal group Credo Action, said Democrats Decision shows Schumer's willingness to betray progressives, if only. Call it the Schumer, hashtag Schumer sellout, he said in an interview. Hashtagged. That was that's still in the quote. Hashtagged, exclamation point. Ben Wickler, Washington director of MoveOn.org, slammed McConnell's offer to Democrats and lamented the minorities splintering over protecting dreamers, i.e. handing out an amnesty. What's clear from today's joke deal is that the grassroots movement demanding unity and courage has a lot of work to do to ensure that the whole Democratic caucus is ready to fight when the time comes, he said in an interview. United We Dream, Executive Director Christina Jimenez, whose group has mobilized its grassroots to push for dreamer protection, tweeted that Dems failed to failed. Sorry, Dems failed to fight and use their leverage to protect immigrant youth. Youth? Hold on a second. I, I'm not ever going to go over that word when it comes to DACA recipients and not pause to explain youth. The implication here is because that because remember the PR tactic, the political tactic that Democrats are using, and the and the uh, and the open borders, low wage caucus, and the Republican Party that they always use. It's just these poor kids in quotes. So you can so you can think of a they want you to envision in your mind a seven year old who's getting pulled out of kindergarten or first grade or whatever and sent back to Mexico or El Salvador or something. No, that's not who the DACA recipients are. The DACA recipients, uh, because the DACA recipients, and you can go any place and check this out, DACA recipients fall into a certain age group. The average age is about 24 years old. The maximum age is 34. Maybe it's 35 now. Uh, these are adults. These are people who have been adults for quite some time. If you're 24 years old, you've been an adult for six years. If you're 34 years old, if you're 34 years old, you've been an adult legally an adult for 16 years. These are not little kids. 
these are adults. So when they so when she says Dems failed to fight and use their leverage to protect immigrant youth, hmm, well, she's just being dishonest because there is no legitimate argument on the other side. Thus, they must obfuscate. They must and they must uh, tell non-truths. They must dissemble. A false, she says, a false promise to, to vote on immigration from Republicans is not a strategy to win. She says, we won't be fooled. This vote means deportation. Maybe. Maybe it does. But uh, look, there's a deal on the table. There is a deal on the table. Okay? This is what people need to understand. Republicans have a bill in the House, the Goodlatte bill, which offers legal status to everybody covered under DACA. Republicans have already said they are willing to do that. What do they want in return? What do we want in return? What do, what do immigration patriots want in return? It's very simple. We just, want, we just want border security and enforcement of the laws. That's it. So for a DACA amnesty, which is what it would be, you know, if you listen to the show, you know where I stand on amnesty, but look, they're you know, if you can get something in return for it, then maybe it's worth it. The Good Life Bill is a good deal for uh, for everybody. If Democrats are being truthful about what they want, a huge if, then the Good Life Bill is a deal that they should sign on to. They get what they want. They get legal status for the people covered under DACA, period. In exchange, we get border security in the form of full funding for a wall. We get the implementation of the E-Verify system to make sure that people who are here illegally are not being employed illegally and taking jobs from Americans illegally, depressing wages illegally. And we get a, an end to chain, to, uh, to chain migration. There's some other provisions in it, too, which are good. But that's it. Border security, national security, in exchange for what Democrats say they want. But is that really what they want? Uh, We'll talk about that on the other side. We'll be right back. I'm Chris Buskirk. Welcome back to the uh, to the Seth and Chris show. I'm going to go to the phones in just a second. But here's a here's a news story. If you want to uh, uh, if you want to know what this is all about. It's at campusreform.org. Illegal immigrants demand guaranteed jobs from UC Berkeley. A University of California Berkeley student group recently blasted the school for trying to take credit for a student-led campaign on behalf of an illegal immigrant student student detained by ICE. Demanding more concrete action from Chancellor Carol Chris, the group went so far as to insist that she ensure that all illegal immigrant students have access to a job and other basic needs. Get a job, yeah. If you're if you're an illegal immigrant in this country, the left believes that you are guaranteed a job. Are Americans guaranteed a job? American citizens? No. Does the left believe that they should be? No. This is the this is the point. This is exactly the point I've been making: is that the left believes that there should be special privilege privileges for illegal immigrants. That's what the whole modern leftist project is about. It is about taking privileges rights away from American citizens and giving them to their interest group lobbies, to their grievance group lobbies, taking money, taking jobs, taking power, and giving them away to other people. American citizens who are students at the University of California at Berkeley do not have a guaranteed right to a job. And yet, these uh, these amnesty groups at Berkeley, they believe, and they're agitating for, guaranteed jobs for illegal immigrants. 
sort of like it's sort of like Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos a couple of weeks ago gave gave um, a thirty three million dollar grant to be used for college scholarships for whom? For American citizens? No, for illegal immigrants. This is that's just not right. I think that offends most people's sensibilities. Why are there special carve-outs for illegal immigrants that do not exist for citizens, for law-abiding citizens? Good question. It's a very good question. Ask somebody here in Arizona like Kirsten Cinema. Ask John McCain. Ask Jeff Flake. Ask Cory Gardner. Ask Lindsey Graham. Ask Chuck, uh, Chuck Schumer. Ask Dick Durbin. Ask all these people who are, who are in favor of amnesty. It's a good question. Let's go to the phones. Michael, welcome back to the Seth, uh, to the Seth and Chris show. Hi, uh, hi, Michael. For taking my call. Hi. Um, about the shutdown, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. I was actually anticipating that the Republicans would be the ones to capitulate to the Democrats, <laughs> right. and because we've and got too much experience with that. There. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I was expecting, and everything else. So I'm happy that uh, Schumer did what he did. Um, I think he saw exactly where everything was going and who would be blamed for it. And uh, so so it, it worked out good for President Trump, for the Republicans. And if they're still going to hold on to DACA for anything else and think that that's going to benefit them, that they're going to hold you know, illegals over citizens, it's it's not going to bode well for them in the midterms or or anything else. Michael, I I sure I agree with you. I mean, now is the time that we should give credit where credits due. You know, encourage your legislators. They did it. They won one, uh, and they did it. And let's let's try and help them put a little uh, backbone in their back. We'll we'll be right back. 